0: In the book of James, we learn that faith without works is dead, that a belief in something is only as worthwhile as our commitment to act upon it. With that truth in mind, let us continue to forge our way forward, patiently enduring all this life asks of us. In so doing, the path to perfection in and through Jesus Christ will be revealed. I invite you to join us in our study today and encourage each of us to request divine understanding that the Spirit may teach us individually and specifically. Welcome to Come Follow Up.
1: I would define faith as believing in something or that something will
2: happen without actually knowing.
1: To me, faith is believing in things that you have no real evidence of. You can't hear it. You can't see. it. And of course, you can hear and see things spiritually. But when it comes to absolute proof, you don't have it. So you just have to believe sort of blindly.
3: It's complete trust and confidence in God and everything else that is not in your power,
2: but you know it's there. For me, an example of putting faith into action is when I pray, I go in with the attitude that whatever answers I get, I will act on, whether it's what I want or not.
4: Acting on faith is similar to like walking down a dark hallway with the motion sensing lights. If you do nothing, the lights will never turn on, right? But when you take that first step into the hallway, all of a sudden, the lights all turn on. And that's why acting is so important to me. Acting on that faith is because that's what brings the miracles. That would, that's what brings the results. Welcome everybody.
0: My name is Ben Lomu and I am your host. Our gospel scholar for today is Camille Frank Olson. Camille is a popular speaker and author and is professor emeritus of ancient scripture at Brigham Young University. Welcome Camille. Thank you. And our special guest for today is Brandon Mole. Brandon is a husband, a father, and he's a New York Times bestselling author of many book series for kids and young readers. Brandon, we're so happy to have you, welcome. I'm happy to be here. And we also want to welcome our studio audience. Thank you all for joining us. And to the viewers at home, thank you for being with us as well. The conversations from today's episode will continue on Facebook and Instagram. Illustrations, quotes, scriptures, and clips for study and teaching are also available through YouTube and our website at byutv.org slash comefollowup. Today we've selected two topics to discuss that relate to passages found in the book of James. These topics and discussions support and build upon the Come Follow Me resource developed and published by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The two topics we're going to discuss are first, faith requires action, And second, patient endurance leads to perfection. After exploring these two topics with our panel and studio audience, we'll let our studio audience go for the footnotes segment of the show and dive deeper with Camille and Brandon. Okay, faith requires action. Camille, what are we going to talk about today? Well, I think it's helpful to first get to know James. Okay. Mary gave
1: birth to Jesus, the Son of God. And then she gave birth to four other sons. And one of those sons is this James, we think, which is interesting since he introduces himself in chapter one, verse one, not as the brother of Jesus, but as a servant of Jesus Christ. But we see him as a non-believer during the Savior's ministry until after the resurrection. And then from Acts chapter one, he's numbered among the believers and seems to take over as a leader after James, the brother of John, is martyred. When the apostles all get together to decide what they should do with the law of Moses after the revelation came to Peter, they turn to James to find out.
0: James really is known for writing about faith. And Brandon, what are some of your thoughts, you know, as we began to talk about James and the impact that he had on Joseph and the
5: rest of the world? It would be kind of hard to be James because if Christ was my big brother, I imagine I would have heard a lot of like, why can't you be more like Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> like I, I could see why maybe it would have been harder for him to be a believer when he was younger. And also you could see he had to be enormously influenced by Jesus yeah. because he grew up into somebody willing to die for that belief. And, and wrote something that inspired Joseph Smith, and not just Joseph Smith, it inspired me, it's inspired others to say, hey, maybe I can talk directly to God and get answers straight from that source. So we talk about the, the influence of James, specifically
0: on Joseph Smith, and it's very well known verse uh, for those that are not only of our faith, but of other faiths as well. Uh, James chapter 1, verse five, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Now, Brandon, you mentioned that James's writings had an influence on you, specifically these verses about faith. In what ways has this affected or shaped your life? Well,
5: I, I grew up trusting that Joseph Smith was able to talk directly to God and that that option was open to us. And, and there's been several times in my life where I was looking for a confirmation of something and was able to get an answer that just kind of felt like a yes, like something that I could feel inside that seemed beyond my own mind or my own thoughts. And specifically, I remember a time when I was a young writer. I was you know, trying to get published. I hadn't been published yet. And I was thinking perhaps that I would go be an English teacher at the high school and write on the side, and maybe that's how I could work to get my career started and pay my way for that year, right? And all I wanted was a confirmation that that was good to do. My wife was pregnant. It was kind of going out on a limb to go do this. And so I stayed up till midnight trying to get that yes. Midnight came and went. And, and I told myself, you know, I, I, I'm not going to bed until I get an answer. And finally, some point after midnight, I flipped the question and was like, am I just not supposed to do this? And it was this very clear yes. Wow. And, and I was like, Wait a minute, because like, there was like a lot writing on this. And it, was, it had been the plan. It was what made sense. It was what I'd studied out. It was what my wife thought was a good idea. Um, I didn't have a really clear plan B. And it ended up being a few weeks later that I got a job writing for Excel Entertainment that took me on this whole different path that kind of led me into getting my first book published. And so it was one of those things where it was a true leap of faith to, to trust that that yes answer actually came from God because it didn't make sense to my logical mind. And it taught me the lesson that sometimes the most important answers are the ones that don't make logical sense to us because God's taken us down a road we wouldn't have chosen on our own. So Camille, I love this
0: this example because it really does show what James is teaching when we talk about faith and, and action combined together. What can you teach us or what can you add not only from that experience, but from what Joseph went through and how we can, as members of the church, as Christians, learn from this, faith requires action.
1: Um, We've seen Paul in his epistles that define faith as coupled with action. If you truly have faith, you cannot separate that from the way you live and act. But we come here to James and look at this definition. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and hath not works? Can faith save him? And then come down to verse 17 and 18. Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. James is telling us simply knowing truth. It isn't enough. You need to act on it.
0: So Brandon, based off of your experience, you, you clearly learned a very viable lesson on acting on faith. How do you see this correlation between faith and works together? Part of what
5: James is saying is that when faith is present, good works or action will be a natural consequence of that faith, that they go hand in hand, that the faith will inevitably lead to good works. Not that those works are gonna save you because Christ is who saves us, but those works are evidence that faith is present.
0: So real faith, if, if, if the, by the true definition of faith, kind of like what Camille was saying, will naturally lead to action as opposed to just some, um, uh, faith is just a belief.
5: I think of it this way. It, it's nice that I know there's a path. It's nice to know it's there. But knowing it's there is not the same as having walked it. You have to believe in such a way that you then partner with Christ and walk the path and learn the stuff that you learn as you walk it.
0: Now, as part of this conversation about faith and works, I think it's important sometimes to to kind of, um, as Alma talks about, how as we exercise faith, then it continues to grow. And so we had a question that came in about specifically the combination of faith and works together. And let's watch it and see how we can help answer it.
4: Hi, we're Julian Miles, originally from the UK. And we're currently serving a mission in West Africa in the Benin Cotonou Mission.
0: Our question
1: is, James said that faith without works is dead. Once we've found faith in the Saviour, Jesus Christ, what action or works will help keep this faith alive and growing?
5: That's a good question. What do you guys think? I think it's a great question. I mean, for me, what comes to mind is that as we pray to God, as as we seek to have a relationship with Him, he gives us little answers and nudges. And, and, and so part of those works is, I think, it's to do whatever you feel inspired by Him to do. I think if you're listening to your conscience, if you're listening to that voice of God as you pray, like my top priority is, is to do what He tells me to do, like, and to actually take action on those promptings. As Brandon's sharing this, I hear
0: he's saying a lot about doing. And James talks about that, mm-hmm. how you can't just hear it. You can't just listen to that voice. Okay, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to keep doing what I was in before. In James chapter 1, uh, verse 22, yeah. he says, But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Mm-hmm. So, Camille, will you give us some of your thoughts on what James is talking about being doers of the Word?
1: Yes. I mean, just look down just a little farther. Verse 27, pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this. Is pure religion, sitting going to church every week and hearing everything that is taught and then leaving and going about your everyday life. <laughs> pure religion and undefiled religion is this that you visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the
0: world. So uh, from our audience, what are some of your thoughts on what it means to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only? Matthew.
2: Yeah, so, so that example is really relevant to, to my life because my mom was a, a widow. So she was always, you know, eager to make sure that we had home teachers that came to visit. And it just made me really grateful for all of those brethren who left the comfort of their homes. It really made a difference.
0: And Matthew, as you, as you reflect and think back on, on that example that you saw, how does that affect you moving forward in some of the decisions that you make and how you serve?
2: Yeah, it's it's really affected the way I see other homes too. You know, I, I'll tell my my own wife or, or my kids, hey, daddy's gotta go visit some other mm-hmm. home. And I just, you know, look back and reflect on those experiences I had when I was a kid, and I needed that presence.
0: I love those thoughts. You know, and, and from the scriptures, Camille, we have some really powerful examples of of doers and not hearers only. Can we talk about a couple of those? Oh. And James, because James mentions
1: them. He does. It's at the end of chapter 2. Um, he gives in verse 21. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? He followed through and was ready to go until God stopped him. And so he says he's justified by his works, but his works grew out of his faith, Right. And the other one I just love is down here in verse 25. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. Um, Remember back in Joshua chapter 2 and 6 when the children of Israel were ready to come into the promised land and she hid the two spies Mm -hmm. and saved their life. And then they brought her and her family out. I love this because in Hebrews 11, Abraham and Rahab the harlot are also listed among those who are great examples of faith. So I think again, you start seeing the same gospel being taught, but maybe using different phraseology to describe it. In this case, James seems to be talking to an audience of people that had forgotten that action was critical to
0: this. So Brandon, you have a lot of experience developing characters uh, from your books. And I'm, I'm sure that as you're reading scriptures, you read the scriptures, you pay attention. Do you have any favorite characters from the scriptures that, that just emulate this idea of these are workers, these are my, my protagonists, my heroes, because of
5: not only what they say, but what they do? Well, I mean, this is maybe the cheat code answer but the savior, mm-hmm. I mean, he, he was this incredible example of somebody who didn't care who he was visiting as far as if they were rich or poor. He was criticized for dining with publicans and sinners, mm-hmm. right, because he was so familiar with everybody. And, and, and he was like that because he understood that the greatest in heaven is a servant. And he was showing us what it looks like to be the king of this world. Mm-hmm by going around serving everybody, by, by healing them, by not condemning anyone, like instead inviting them up, inviting them to take their next step. Mm-hmm. So he met them wherever they were, invited them to do better, healed them all he could, served them all he could, and was an incredible force of righteous action. That's
0: that pure religion that James is, is talking about of being a doer, going out, reaching out, to those in need. Thank you both. This has been a great first discussion on our first topic of faith requires action. And from the audience, thank you for bringing your energy and that spirit with us uh, as we've talked about this first topic as well. And for those at home, uh, please share with us on Facebook and Instagram how you choose to live your faith each day.
2: I think patiently enduring something is allowing yourself to be taught the lessons Heavenly Father wants you to learn during a trial. Not before, not after, but, but during as much as possible.
1: To me, enduring patiently means having confidence and joy no matter what happens. My sister was just diagnosed with pretty serious bone cancer, and it's been hard to watch her go through all these chemotherapy treatments and not always know what's going to happen. But I know that as long as we trust in our Savior and trust God and know that their plan is perfect and we can have peace and comfort in all things, everything will be okay.
3: Being patient is really hard. We want everything right. As soon as we open the phone, we want something to load quicker. We want to pray and get an answer quicker. We want food quicker. We have to be patient. And with all good things, it takes patience.
4: Probably one of the most enduring times, I guess, that I had to be patient was uh, with my initial, like, missionary process. Uh, The first time I submitted my papers, they asked me to wait and to work on a few things. And that was initially pretty disheartening because I thought I was working on those things. Uh, But through that process, through the patience, through the endurance, I was able to just be a much better person and a much better missionary as a result. And I'm actually quite grateful for that because it just, a lot of really great things happened that I don't think would have otherwise without that patience.
0: The second topic we're gonna discuss today is patient endurance leads to perfection. So we have this correlation with James talking about faith, along with patience, which is eventually going to lead, to get us to where we need to be. Can you talk to us a little bit about how James makes this connection?
1: James begins right off the bat with talking about the importance of patience for this whole process. In chapter one, in verse two, with the Joseph Smith translation in the footnote, My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse or many afflictions, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And then, if any of ye lack wisdom, let him ask of God." It's it's beautiful because we have challenges. And he's saying, that's a blessing. We're going to learn incredible things from those challenges, but we need to let patience have her perfect work. I love that phrase. Um, We pray, and just because we pray doesn't mean we get the answer, just like that. We continue to pray, Um, we continue to search, we continue to do, but in the process, things are happening. We are changing and we're learning. And when we find answers, we have come to a whole different place than we have been before. And I think that's what James is helping us to see. That is part of the equation and a critical, essential part of
0: it. Because I imagine it would be frustrating if you pray for an answer, you exercise that faith, you do what is necessary, and then the end result doesn't happen immediately. Okay. And Brandon, I loved your story about the plans that you had to go and teach. You're looking for an answer, you get your answer, and then the next day you publish this amazing book. How <laughs> was that? And it wasn't that, oh, wait,
5: they would, did that, am I getting the stories mixed up? <laughs> it would be so beautiful if I had been able to then that next day start my publishing career, You know, my professional writing career. After I turned down that job, First, there was a couple weeks of suspense of going, did I just mess up? I'm gonna provide for my family. Mm -hmm. Then this job came along with Excel um, Entertainment and I worked writing marketing stuff for years. That was not my main plan. My main plan was to write books. And so in the moment, I did not feel like that prompting had necessarily done something big. It took years to realize that I was on a path that led me into my writing job. A lot of the times I feel like when we ask God for help, or when we ask for a certain blessing, he doesn't necessarily give us that blessing immediately. He often will give us the first step toward that blessing. And we start a path toward that blessing. And I believe he immediately will help us toward it. But it took years for me to see that, oh, this was a path that actually worked. God had a plan. And, and now I get to do my favorite hobby as my job.
0: Were there ever any moments along the way where you got frustrated and you questioned, is this really where I'm headed? It's taking so long. and
5: I want this to happen sooner. I think that's the whole game. (laughs) I I think that patient, you know, who here really adores patience? Mm -hmm. I mean, you're a pretty special person if you adore the principle of patience. Because we wanna move forward, we want action, we want results, we want those blessings. And a little bit of what James might be telling us is, hey, yeah, you can get to those blessings and you have to have the patience to endure the transformation process that will lead you there. I want to ask the audience on, uh,
0: as we talk about patience and enduring with patience, how do you endure patiently while waiting for Heavenly Father's blessings? Pamela.
3: You know, I really struggle with this one on a personal level. Um, It's really hard to be patient. And I think that you have to allow yourself to be patient with patience. Mm -hmm. Patience is something to endure. It's hard especially in this culture where everything is now, now, now. Yeah. You want things now. And I find that even with prayer, you want an answer quickly. And I think with me, what I have to do is I have to be patient with being patient. And I have to trust Heavenly Father that it's, it's not the destination. It is the journey. And that is really how we learn If we got everything quickly, we would never learn. We would never go through the enduring part. What
0: are some of the blessings that you have received by enduring patiently?
3: Well, I think one thing that I've realized is that while I'm waiting to get what I want, because that can be really frustrating for me, I try to go back to looking at what I do have and gratitude and being grateful for what I what I have, and then I it seems like I always find that even if I don't get what I wanted, I ended up getting what I needed. Mm-hmm. But I never realized that in the moment. It's only after.
0: And we, we, there's a lot of examples from the scriptures, mm-hmm. Camille, that teach this principle of the blessings of enduring mm-hmm. with patience and what it can lead to. Can you share some with us?
1: Well, what I think of who I think of immediately are so many of the women at the beginning of the Old Testament who were not able to become mothers, who were not able to give birth. And I think about Sarah and decades and then Rebecca for 20 years and then Rachel. And you think about Elizabeth in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many of these women waited for a child? And yet when we see what happens and the promise that what they learn along the way, what these women learn and their relationship with God that changes, improves. And those sons, what a difference they made.
0: You know, as the topic states, enduring patiently leads to perfection or or this idea of becoming something better. Uh, You had an experience, Brandon, that I'd love for you to to share with us about trying to, to write a book Uh, a novel in a week. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what you've learned from that experience?
5: Yeah, so I was trying an experiment. I had a story idea where the main character, in the story, the main character had made it to a cabin and had a week to tell what had happened to him leading up to that moment. And I wanted to try to simulate what he had to do. I wanted to to go to, I went to a cabin as if I were the main character and first person told the story and tried to write a novel in a week. And, and it was very challenging. In fact, there was a documentary film crew that, that documented it, and I did succeed in writing a 250-page novel in a week. Now, the I don't caveat even know if I could read 250 pages ah. in a week, and he's writing. <laughs> the caveat to that is, there was months of editing okay. after that. And, and so one of the things that that taught me was, it's really hard to shortcut quality work. Okay. I, I, I did succeed in getting a novel down. I, the story was written. It wasn't what it needed to be to be published. And, and, and that was proven as I interacted with editors and publishers. And so there was, I, I guess one thing I learned from that is that you just can't shortcut the process. Yeah. If you wanna get the result, you have to put in the work. If we wanna become something spiritually, if we wanna become redeemed, then we have to put in the work to become. We have to trust God to lead us through that process. What does that look like? Because I'm curious. As you're talking, I'm
0: trying to think in my mind. Like, because it's brilliant. I love that. Like the idea of you complete the novel, but you're far from finished. You you kind of went through the steps, but the novel was a complete. How do we draw from that it's on a spiritual sense of putting in all the time, all the effort, and completing something, where it, yet we still have so far to go to become where the Lord really
5: needs us to be. I think about there's the guy that I'm trying to become and there's the guy that the Lord sees I can become. And and he's gotta at some point bridge that. He's gotta help me catch his vision for who I can be. And that's gonna be a process. That that takes time, that takes lots of experiences of him helping me see things that weren't part of my plan.
1: But don't you see that sometimes one of those steps, those little steps, you, you taste the product of what has happened by following Him, yes, and you sense the improvement that has happened, and it, is, it tastes so good that you're ready to say, okay, I'll, I'll, go enough, I'll go down the path again.
5: Those glimpses that we catch mm. of who we are becoming as we follow the Savior give us the trust and confidence mm. to be patient with the rest. Mm-hmm.
0: My mind is just spitting right now of all these connections. I love how you talk about you had become something, but not yet what the Lord had wanted you to become. And you know, we serve, we serve missions. Uh, we get baptized. We become members of of the Church, Disciples of Jesus Christ. But that's not the end point. And so, just as you're speaking, it, it's all starting to make sense of the difference between enduring patiently to become what we think we've arrived at, a point where we've arrived at, versus what the Lord has to stay with us. That's brilliant. You should write a book or something and really get some of your thoughts and ideas out there for people to read. As an author, what have you learned about the power of words?
5: You you can use words to create all sorts of effects. Um, When I write a novel, like when I write Fablehaven, I am using words to create an experience for a reader. And, and it becomes characters they might feel like they know and an experience they feel like they lived. And, and, and this is done just by the arrangement of words, mm-hmm. right? And so I know that words can paint on the mind. Words can create experiences, and it becomes a question of what kind of experiences are we trying to create for other people with our words, right? I could use my words to tear you down and make you feel bad. I could use my words to build you up. I could use my words to tell you the truth. And if I told you something true, it gives the Holy Ghost a chance to say, hey, that's true. I could use my words to deceive and to lie. And if I do that, I put you in the tough position of trying to make sense of that, right? Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, words are very powerful. I mean, I think there's a reason Christ is called the word. Uh, It's a hint at how powerful words can be as as words try to deliver truth to us. Thank you both for sharing this
0: in, in this conversation. And I'm excited to continue. Uh, our our discussions later for the audience. Uh, Thank you so much for being here with us and for contributing, for adding so much positivity and energy uh, to this discussion today. And for the viewers at home, we still have much to cover from the book of James. Stick around for footnotes. The
1: Spirit talks to me through other people or different opportunities that pop up. And so usually I'll just be like going through my life and then something will pop out. And I'm like, wait a minute, that was an answer to a prayer that I had or a question.
2: The Spirit communicates with me in various ways, mostly depending on the situation. I noticed a lot, especially on my mission, how I would feel peace or I would feel just an urge to say something or a prompting. And oftentimes it's only when I look back that I realize that it was the Spirit. But just, it's always accompanied with a feeling of calm for me and of rightness.
5: I trust that when my conscience is telling me to do good things, that is how the Spirit talks to me. And so when I get an impulse to do something good or when I get an impulse not to do something bad, I'm trying to act those out, live those out. Um, I am so imperfect at it, but I really believe that those feelings inside of do something good are one of the fundamental ways the Spirit talks to us.
0: Welcome to Come Follow Up Footnotes. We've dismissed our studio audience and are looking forward to building upon our previous discussions about the book of James with Camille and Brandon. Okay, so we talked about a little earlier in the episode about how James has a lot of really powerful, like, principle one-liners. Let's go to the beginning of James and see where we wanna go from this.
1: Of all the ways James could have introduced himself, He chooses a humble way, which Mm -hmm. would suggest he's learned that the greatest way to be introduced is as a servant of Jesus Christ. And I I would suggest that James has practiced lacking wisdom and asking God and learning that only made him more humble and more appreciative of God.
5: I mean, one thing that always has stood out to me and, and especially, I guess, honestly, recently has stood out to me is is where in James 1.5, the way it starts has a lesson in humility, right? Because it starts, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Mm. And so, so what's the prerequisite to asking? Realizing there's something I don't know. Yeah. And, and that can be so hard. I mean, that can be really tough because we, we get comfortable in our lives and, and we wanna feel like we're in control. Mm-hmm. We wanna feel like we know things. And here it's telling me, hey, Brandon, there's all sorts of stuff that God knows that you don't. <laughs> if, if you're wise enough to see that and to ask, he's got stuff to tell you.
0: You know, when you look at it from a practical standpoint, more modern time, our Heavenly Father, he wants to give us these answers. It's kind of like when, it's, it's a little cliche, but you know how when you're on a road trip and you think you know where you're going, something that I'm really horrible at doing is reading instructions. I'm like, honey, I got this. And it's like, the answers are right here. Like, if you'll just humble yourself and and realize that you don't know how to get to where you you need to go all the time or put this together, I can't tell you how many times I've had to unscrew certain things it's like, oh, if I would have just read the instructions, it would have been there. And this is I love that you, Mm -hmm. you brought that up, Brandon, of... He starts out with, be humble, recognize that you don't know everything, but I'll give it to you if you just ask me.
1: What did President Benson say? If we will let him, God will do much more for our lives than we can. In fact, I can find that exact quote. Look right here, men and women who turn their lives over to God will discover that he can make a lot more out of their lives than they can. He will deepen their joys, expand their vision, quicken their minds, strengthen their muscles, lift their spirits, multiply their blessings, increase their opportunities, comfort their souls, raise up friends, and pour out peace. That's what happens if we are be willing to turn our life over to Him and acknowledge we lack wisdom.
5: Well, you wanna be happy. You wanna be happy. I wanna be happy. We all, we all wanna be happy. We all wanna be fulfilled, right? And, and I think I look at my plan for making myself happy or making my family happy. And I think God looks down at that and goes, Okay, that's a good brainstorm. <laughs> you know, you're trying. I, I see there's some good ideas here. He's like, I've got a bigger plan. Yeah. I've got a better plan. I, I see some details that you missed. And if you'll just kind of hand it over to me, if you'll just be humble and say, You know what? 47 year old Brandon Mole has not figured it out yet. Yeah. If you can just kind of let go of that and just establish the attention to come to me yeah. and, and, and the attention to be happy let me kind of lead you along. And if if you let me lead you, I'll take you to places you never imagined and Mm -hmm. pour out blessings, like that Mm -hmm. quote says, that that you couldn't have even maybe imagined for yourself.
1: When I was in high school, we were asked to make a list, kind of a letter to ourselves of what we would be like in 10 years. (laughs) And I described what I thought my life was going to be. You know, it was so different from what, and yet I have to look back and say, you know, the different paths you feel those prompting of the Spirit. And I didn't understand that and recognize that to begin with. Mm -hmm. But it's practice and practice and practice. And suddenly you say, he took me places that I could never imagine and that ended up being a tremendous blessing in life.
0: It takes a lot of faith to continue down that path and to recognize, okay, I'm gonna trust that going down this path one step at a time growing step by step is gonna
5: get me to where eventually mm-hmm. I need to be. Especially when the present moment is uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, I, this isn't where I wanna be. This yeah. isn't, And he's like, well, then don't stop. Stay moving on the path and and, and I'll there, get you someplace better. And you know? no one around you is
1: giving you any support <laughs> for that direction that, yeah, that you're feeling. That sometimes happens
5: as well. Yeah, Probably the most proven principle in my whole life that I could say I have a personal knowledge of is as we try to draw near to God, he reciprocates. Mm -hmm. I I am sure, I know that we have a God who is anxious to interact with us. And so when we open the door by trying to be near to him, Mm -hmm. he's not like, well, I don't know if you're good enough yet. He's like, finally, (laughs) he'll take take everything we'll give him. I mean, He improve that,
0: if, if, if one thing we learned about the Israelites is no matter how... Far off, they strayed. The moment they decided, okay, I want to come back, is okay, come yeah. on in.
5: I'll, I'll, I'll take you back That's in. That's the parable of the prodigal son as right. well, right? Mm-hmm. If it's sincere, it's for sure yeah. and it's immediate. And if it's not sincere, he'll work with you yeah. as it becomes sincere. And we
0: know? do that with our own kids. You know, when you think about some of the things that our own children make, and and, and we as, you know, these mortal humans that are so impatient and imperfect. Yet, man, when our kids, when they mess up and they just come back to us seeking you know, forgiveness, naturally, we just open our arms and, and, and we're so mm-hmm. quick to forgive. Imagine our how Father in heaven, more? how much yeah. more He
5: will. Mm-hmm. There is a power in the gospel. There's a power that is accessible to us that as we learn how to not just make a choice, but mean the choice we made, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like with a baptism, we, we enter a promise. Mm-hmm. We enter a covenant with a marriage. We enter a covenant. Mm-hmm. But then the challenge after that is, okay, you started a path. You've declared intention mm-hmm. <laughs> basically here. You've, all you've done is declared intention. All you've done is taken a first step. Now walk the path, mm-hmm. yeah. right? In Abraham 317, there is a verse that taught me something about meaning the choices we make. I'm just gonna read the second half of the verse. And there is nothing that the Lord thy God shall take in his heart to do but what he will do it. Mm, that's an incredible mm. promise. So when God says, I'm going to do something, it's as good as done. Yeah. It's, it, it's a guarantee. There's no doubt. There's no question. This is why we can rely on him as our God. Because if he says, do this and you'll be saved, he'll follow through. Like that, that is a sure thing, right? And so how do I then become like that, right? Like, this is the process. I'm trying to learn how to make these choices and mean them and not be Mm -hmm. double-minded, right? Not go back on it, not turn back. Actually mean it when I say, when I say, I'm your servant, Christ. Like, it's not like I'm your servant till hard times come, right? Like, that's part of walking the path. And it just goes to what James says. Don't just be a hearer, be
0: a doer. Don't just listen and be like, oh yeah, I believe, I follow this, I'm on this path without
5: doing anything to back it up. And, and something we all do, right? Like, I mean, like, I, I'm not kidding. Everybody makes these covenants and then we immediately mess it up. I yeah. know. To some degree, right? I mean, like, like we, we immediately proceed imperfectly after making that covenant. And so that's the challenge. Trust that we've got a savior. Say, hey, I want to keep this covenant Please, please, please help me. I, I see and, my imperfections. And, and, and it's help acknowledging
1: me. I I lack wisdom. Yeah, I'm yeah, not able right. to do this. So it's here not it not comes a, it, back.
0: I love how it's not a backup plan. The the atonement, mm-hmm. the savior is not a backup plan. That is the plan. Yeah. The the plan that you are going to mess up. You cannot avoid yeah. it. Yeah. It's not like, oh,
5: just in case you
0: make a mistake. No, you're going to. (laughs) So, so because of that, we have.
5: Yeah, it's not the remedial track. (laughs) That's right. Like we're all. If there is a remedial track, we're all on it. Yeah.
1: And I can just see the Lord just being grateful and cheerful because of what happens as we trust more in Him. That we're able to go higher than we were ever able to do before. Yeah. But here is chapter four, verse seventeen. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. I just think that's such a clear, easy way to understand sin. I know when I know what I'm doing is not right. Mm-hmm. I know what when, when I have been taught right and I understand and I have a testimony of that, and yet I go contrary to that. That's what he's saying. That is what sin is.
0: And you notice there's a difference in in the description of of sin in that sometimes we think it's, look, you know what's wrong and you do it anyways. He says, you know what's right. Mm -hmm. You know what's good and you're not Mm -hmm. doing it. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we think that keeping the commandments is not doing something bad, whereas we get this clear message that not doing what is right, not going out and being proactive and being good, that's the sin. And how appropriate that this is James who saw so much good so much of what the savior did to go out and bless the lives of others and he writes so much about that about being active go out lift serve
1: but think about him if he
0: is the savior's younger brother
1: Mm -hmm. and he saw this and he didn't follow it he's here (laughs) as a witness that you pick up and you can keep going and you can change and and he's teaching this now as a true disciple of jesus christ um, and he's not looking back and saying, Oh, but look what I was before. He's giving us hope.
5: Mm-hmm. And this definition of sin that he gives is a very merciful definition mm-hmm. when you think about it, because it's to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin, which suggests you'll be judged largely by the light that you have. Mm-hmm. You be true to that, and guess what? We'll add some more lights. Yes. You'll have, then you'll have a little bit more responsibility, and then if you can be true to that, we'll add some more light. The thing is, you never have more than you can understand, yeah. because you're only judged according to what you understand, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like to me, that's like, okay, at least that's that's more manageable than feeling like I'm going to be held to every word of the scriptures yeah. that I haven't read yet or something, right? right?
1: And I, I think it does help us to be more hopeful and less hard on ourselves. Mm-hmm. That we can paralyze ourselves. When you look back and see things that I have done, I could have done better. But he is saying, no, you know, it's in a very encouraging, very merciful.
5: Well, And there we have to trust the atonement too, mm-hmm. right? Because he's like, hey, all these mistakes you're gonna make, I've already paid for them. I've got you covered, right? So as soon as you do see this thing that you failed to do, just repent yeah. and you're covered. Like, you don't have to destroy yourself over your mistakes. You. You just, as uh, soon as you see Him, as quick as you can, repent. Yeah.
0: Uh, can we go to chapter 5 yeah. and, and talk about some of the things yeah. that we haven't hit yet in there? Sure. Uh, Camille, where should we start? Oh, I mean,
1: you can see just real briefly, 7 and 8, talking about patience again, mm-hmm. but in specifically pertaining to the coming of the Lord. Remember that parable that the Savior gave in Matthew 24? You know, you don't know when the master of the house will come mm-hmm. home. And... Always it's the servant that says, oh, he wouldn't come today. No, not today. today. And of course, that's when he comes. And so the idea of being ready every day.
5: Well, then that ties back into the the idea of becoming, right? Like letting Mm -hmm. patience work its... Perfect. Perfect. Let let patience have her perfect work. Have her perfect work so that we can become who we're supposed to become. Because the point of... Christ coming isn't that we at the last minute prepare mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the 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 point is that we are becoming somebody who will be able to rejoice when he mm-hmm. comes right and and, and there's no there, you can't cram for certain things you, you, you can't last yeah, you good. can't last minute your whole character mm-hmm. right like you, you might be able to last minute some behavior, but you can't last minute your character that's got to grow over time. It's like trying to last minute a tree mm-hmm. you, know? know. you can't yeah. you, you can't take a seed to a tree a minute because. You know, they use the metaphor of a path getting to the tree of life, but then you have Alma, who uses the metaphor of a seed getting to the tree of life. Same destination, different metaphor.
1: But both take time. But both take time. Mm -hmm. And both take action.
5: Exactly right, exactly Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. You gotta either nourish and care for the seed, you gotta walk the path and hold to that rod. Mm -hmm. You have to take action to travel the journey to get to the destination, Mm -hmm. to become what you're supposed to become. But what's really hard is when the present is difficult Mm -hmm. when the present looks like our prospects are ruined when the present looks like the things that matter to us most not only aren't happening but may not happen this is a process Mm -hmm. and and you can't make the like the present is just a moment and and it will pass and there will will be a new moment right and 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 then when we really trust it we know that god's in charge of it all Mm -hmm. and that even these hard moments even if the little sapling is growing crooked, he's like, it's okay, let it grow crooked. We'll straighten it out. And and we are gonna, in the end, dine on some beautiful fruit. right? If you just hang in there, if you just be patient, if you can just trust that this moment, though hard, is temporary, then you can make it. You can make the whole journey that way.
1: Well, should we look at um, verse 14 and
5: 15?
0: Yeah,
1: oh yeah. Um, Which is a, a remarkable one saying again, when you have any sick, or those that need healing, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. This is the passage a lot of times just to recognize the power of prayer for those who are ill and united prayer, but also anointing.
5: Um, right, It gets specific there.
1: Yes, right? very specific and and you and you see something even in that of Jesus Christ, I see, because oil, you think of anointing, and mm-hmm. it is really him who is healing. but he invites us to be part of that miraculous process.
0: Can I uh, offer up um, a different perspective mm-hmm. on on this one of these verses you read? Um, because for a lot of people, when you read verse fifteen and the prayer of faith shall save the sick there are times when we do pray for things to happen and we, we think that our faith isn't sufficient when, we, when somebody's not healed mm-hmm. or when we don't get the job that we're, we're seeking or mm-hmm. whatever it is we're asking for. How do we uh, manage mm-hmm. that when we're told to pray in faith, the Lord will hear and answer our prayers, yet mm-hmm. so many times in life it doesn't work out as we would hope.
1: And I think that is, isn't it? That's the whole. That's part of what he's saying here. Praying then for wisdom again, because that happens as often as the other does. Mm-hmm. And and I, from what I see in what James is teaching us here, um, healing sick can be a broader um, perspective than what we often think. It's first time. Time, yeah. Was it Harold B. Lee that said the healing of a sick soul is the greatest mm-hmm. miracle?
5: And- For sure. It, it just is. Because mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. the, the soul sickness, the, um, when you've been battered enough by life or by crushed hopes, um, there, there's, a, there's a sickness of the soul that is less touchable and less curable than any physical ailment. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, the only thing that's gonna save our soul, the only thing that can fix that is Christ. Mm-hmm. He has power to do that. Like he actually has power to do it. I've felt him do it. It's why I know.
0: Tell us, do you mind telling us a little bit about you? You said you, you felt him do it, you know. Even as you were talking, I was like, there's something behind
5: this. When, it, when I was, so this is early, this is before I was divorced, but I was going into that process. Mm-hmm. And I was devastated because my whole, um, my whole life, My whole view of what my future was was this forever family. Right. When it became clear that 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 divorce was coming, I was destroyed. Like when I say destroyed, like I I didn't just want to die. I wanted to Mm unexist. Like I just didn't want to exist anymore. Like if there I I might have pushed the button if there was such a button. You know what I mean? Like I was feeling just destroyed. And but in that destruction, I had already received a testimony of the savior. And so I had this strange predicament where I'm just destroyed and I don't want to live, but I also don't want to die and I trust that there's a savior. I don't know how I could ever feel okay again. I really don't. I, like when I say that, I would have hidden away for the rest of my life, I think. And I I, I begged for help. I mean, I went out on my driveway and was just like, hey, if you're ever going to come, like I need this now. Like, Like, like it's like, I don't. I, I don't know what to do. You know, like I was done. I was tank was empty, but beyond empty, right? And and, and in that moment, I felt heard. Mm-hmm. though I didn't feel fixed. Mm-hmm. I felt heard. And the next day, I was fasting, and I went to the temple. And at the temple, I, he just straight up healed me. Mm-hmm. He just healed wow. me. I almost can't get into the details, but but it, but it was like it was like. Uh, there was things that I knew could not be healed. I knew I couldn't fix. I knew I was gonna be broken forever because of it. And he just fixed it. He just turned it off. And it, it was so sudden. Mm-hmm. You know, And there's been many times when healing has been slow and taken time. In this instance, he did it suddenly. And by doing it suddenly, he showed me his hand. And I was like, oh, if you can fix that, you can fix anything. Wow. Because I, no, like, I didn't know where to start to try to fix it. And he just fixed it. He, he didn't fix the problems. I am divorced. <laughs> I got divorced. Yeah. I'm now remarried. Right, like, So like, the, the outside circumstances happened. The inside stuff that is untouchable and unfixable, mm-hmm. that he fixed. Because of that, I know I have a Savior. Uh, I can't understand it, but he did whatever was necessary mm-hmm. to walk my path, find the way back from all my brokenness. And he can deliver that to me if I'm willing to receive it. And so with that trust, it's like, all right. <laughs> You're like now, like I go through life, I can't give up anymore yeah. because I know that that's available. Like to give up would be to betray everything I know wow. and am and would be to be, be, it would be to betray the greatest gift that has ever been given me, which was fixing something I couldn't have fixed myself.
1: That is the ideal <laughs> example of, I think, this whole epistle. Yep. What is that? Verse 16. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth oh, man. much. Wow.
5: It actually works. Yeah. Like you really mm-hmm. have a Savior who really, who really can intervene when it's desperate. Wow. And he does sometimes. And you know, I think he does all the time. But sometimes he does it where it's dramatic and you can see and feel. And like, yeah, it's, and, it, and I'm still living a hard life. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? I'm yeah. st- I'm st- I still have problems every day. Yeah. I still, it's not like it, it wasn't the end of the journey. But it was like it kept the journey bearable. Well, it gives hope.
1: Yeah. So you've got the faith and the hope, and now here you are trying to teach this to others. It's like that last, look at the last two verses of chapter five. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, let him know that he that converted the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. As we share our own personal experience um, with God, with the spirit and helping others to have that hope and to act in faith, um, it it is it is powerful. But mm-hmm. I also think it's an interesting thing that you can read verse twenty there to read. Even the person who is reaching out to help another is also the one who is converted. Our, our own in striving to lift another, the spirit strengthens us and we come to a higher place than we were before. We are farther along the path as a result, um, converted more to the Lord than we were ever before.
0: You know, something, uh, Brandon, as you were speaking and something that kind of really just kind of encapsulates everything we've talked talking about today as we focus on the big picture and how this plan that we're on, the great plan of happiness. I love how James in verse 11, Behold, we count them happy, yeah. which endure. And then he compares it to Job. You have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very, and it says pitiful, if you go on the footnote, mm-hmm. it, uh, it replaces it with compassion. The Lord is very compassionate and of tender mercy. Mm-hmm. What a blessing it's been to to hear of of your story and to just feel of your goodness and as you were talking, you talk about the the Holy Ghost confirming words of wisdom and of, and of peace and of joy. That's what I felt. Those thank you for sharing with well, us. It really and I really feel like those that are watching today will walk away not viewing you as, you know, Brandon Mole this amazing author. They're going to say Brandon Mole is a
5: disciple of Jesus Christ is somebody that I want to emulate. Well, you know what? It's it's the most important part of my life. Um, my relationship with the Savior. And I don't always get to talk about it. I'm, I'm often being a cheerleader for reading at schools with kids, which is a good mission in and of itself. But I'm, I'm appreciative of this opportunity to talk about some sacred things, even share some personal things I didn't plan <laughs> on sharing. But it was a real thing that happened to me. And I think the, the Spirit testifies of real things. Well, thank you. And Camille, it's
0: always a pleasure and always a joy to learn from you and to feel of your goodness as well. Thank you both for contributing to this episode. And thank you for joining us at home for this discussion from the book of James. I encourage you to record and act upon any impressions that you've received. To download study and teaching material, visit byutv.org slash come follow up. Next week, we're in the first and second books of Peter, where we'll talk about our divine nature, our convictions and more. Thanks for watching.